this is the Motivation Mike. I'm here with the designer and creator of the Odangerous Clothing Collection. He runs the Revenge Clothing Line with the Tiger King himself. He's a recording artist, having collaborated with Lil Wayne, an actor when he has the damn time. Welcome, Odane Watson. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. How was the Uber ride over? Uh, the Uber ride was very, very eventful. Um, it was eventful, smooth. A lot of traffic on the one-on-one per usual, but it was smooth. Yeah, at yeah. this time of day as well. Yeah. yeah right, it's people. Like everyone's just scrambling. It's L.A. Everyone's scrambling somewhere. Yeah, people hear that L.A. traffic is bad, but it's not until they truly experience it. Yes, it's an experience. <laughs> it's more than just like driving. It's like a complete experience because you're sitting there. You want to be frustrated, but then you realize this is what you signed up for. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It's like, you know, moving to L.A., it's going to be a lot of traffic. So then you want to complain about it. But then you're like, but you don't want to leave L.A. So it's like, what do, right. you, what do you do? Damned if you do, damned yeah, if you don't. You just got to deal with it. Right. Yeah. I always tell people I try not to drive between 3 and 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. And they're yeah. like, oh, my God, that's so extreme. It's really not. Yeah. You really, would you yeah. say you want to stay off the road during those times? Yeah, but I also think that that's smart because you can schedule, if you know, like, hey, like, this is the area that I live in, this is a height, this is where I'm, I need to go or whatever, then you can hopefully try to schedule it, like, around, like, what's going to be best for you. So if you, if three to seven is, like, your window of, like, I'm not driving, then you just move all your stuff to earlier in the day if you can do that. But see, a lot of people don't have the luxury of that because obviously they're working jobs and you need to be here at this time Then you get off work and you're just at the mercy of working for the man. Right, right. And that's the funny <laughs> thing because it's like, you know, they say nobody works in L.A. Like nobody has a job. Um, I, I kind of agree with that, though. L.A. is very lifestyle driven. People just want to be here and be glamorous and sit by the pool and like, you know, just kind of like make believe. But um, I don't I mean, obviously, people have jobs, but a lot of people don't. I don't consider them jobs. I don't know. Right. And even though I do work afternoons, I still feel like a person that doesn't have a job sometimes because yeah. I'll be out midday like monday through friday doing a mm -hmm. class or doing something i enjoy and i'm like who are all these people without jobs yeah and i gotta check myself because i'm there too yeah well what it is, is is everyone has jobs it's just their jobs are not conventional in the in the like sense of like a job so like the rest of the country maybe not so much new york miami the major cities people like they go to these like brick and mortars these office buildings they worked and they go home it's like routine la is not routine it's like your job can be so many different things and like now all of these like content creators and sex workers and all this stuff so people's jobs are just different because i used to not think of sex work as a job but now i i look at it it is a job even mm, the people who do mm. OnlyFans, because they put a lot of dedication into their work and i said you know what you're right you do have a job. <laughs> it's just not in the conventional sense. And a lot of people in LA, they don't have conventional jobs. They create a job based on the lifestyle that they want to live. There we go. 
right there's right. no passion or career driven they say i want to live in a mansion how do i get to live in this mansion let me go and find work or find ways to create generate money so i can live a certain way it's not really always based on passion like i want to be a veterinarian i want to be an actor i want to be this or that it's like this is the lifestyle that i want to live so i'm just going to try to monetize my them themselves to, to live that lifestyle yeah and here we are at 2 30 on a thursday recording a podcast so exactly yes right so, yeah. I so mean, we're part of like... those people with no jobs <laughs> <laughs> we're talking we're, about it yeah. as if it's like some obscure yeah. thing that we're witnessing yeah. in la but we're literally we're living it we're part of it we're part of those people yeah it's true. Yeah. So let's give everyone some context on how we know each other. How do we know each other? Because it's been a hot minute. Yeah. I don't remember the year because it's all blur, like what year it was. It may have been 16 or 17. It could have been 18. I don't know. It was one of those years. And we met at a fashion event for Stella McCarthy. She actually was showing her uh, collection, but it was like an installation. It wasn't like a runway vibe. Um, it was at this this space in um, Hollywood, and her dad actually performed. Paul McCarthy performed. I got. I I will never forget that night because I met Goldie Hawn, and she's mm. like one of my idols. So I think cool. she's so funny. And I met her daughter. Uh, what's her daughter? Mm. Uh, she's an actress. She's big. You're right. I. Oh, it's why like, can't I think of her name? I see she a does, face. She does Fabletics. Uh, I was about to say Renee Zellweger. It's not Renee Zellweger. Um, <laughs> anyway, her daughter was there. Kate Hudson. There we go. Is it? Kate Hudson is wow. Goldie Hawn's daughter. That's something yeah, else. Yeah, and I, did I went not know up that. to. So, so Goldie Hawn was next to Kate Hudson. And of course, like Kate Hudson's Kate Hudson. But I went up to Kate Hudson and I said, I really want to meet your mom. And she started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> And she said, "Mom." She tapped her. She said, "Mom." And her and and um, Goldie Hawn turned and I said, "Hi, my name is Odane, and I really want to meet you. I love you." And she's like, "Oh!" And we took a picture together. That's like my that and me meeting Tom Ford are my biggest highlights in Hollywood. These are people that I like obsessed with. Like, wow! Like Goldie Hawn is like Hollywood, like royalty, you know. And she's so funny and just so like natural. And I just wanted to meet her. Yeah. But I think Kate thought I wanted like a photo with her, whatever. And I was like, no, I just want to meet your mom. Right. It's really just about your mom. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I really wanted to meet her. And I got the chance to meet her. I was like, wow, like Goldie Hawn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing being out here in L.A. too. It's like you can easily run into very yeah. famous people. Um, so that's cool. Um, where did you meet Tom Ford? I met Tom Ford. I went to his show. I went to a show. That, to me, was an iconic moment. This was the first and only time Tom Ford showed in L.A. It was right before mm. the Oscars. I want to say this was 2000. This was before the pandemic. 2018 or 2019, he showed at Milk Studios, and it was epic. It was like, wow. That's when I knew, like, I mean, I've been in, in rooms with, like, people with a lot of money, but this you could just, first off, you went into the bathroom and he had all his fragrances there and he had waiters there like bathroom attendants and Tom Ford suits like it just was super rich. Yeah, Dana Winter the was there. The whole setup. It was like money everywhere. 
You know, it was just like, oh, okay, this is what having a lot of money is like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think of Jay Z when I think of Tom Ford. I think that's because he, I think he, he has a song yeah, he has called a song. Tom Ford. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I wonder how that all worked out, like brand placement or what? Because it's like Probably. the song is literally called Tom Ford. It was a really good song. It's a dope song. And yeah. then they, he aligned uh, with Beyonce. So it was like a cool collaboration. You know, but Tom Ford, he's extremely talented. But what people don't know about Tom Ford, or maybe they do, he's very business savvy because his business partner used to be over at Gucci because Tom Ford used to work over at Gucci. So when they ousted Tom Ford, the business partner came because he knows the 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 fashion industry and all of the mechanics of creating and selling a brand because Tom Ford took a break to direct movies and before he started his Tom Ford line and his husband is a big real estate uh, entrepreneur. So Tom Ford, he's very, very smart. Right. I saw that movie he did. Um, I think I actually auditioned for it as well. Nocturnal animals. Yeah. I really liked that stylistically. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, some people, I guess that's the criticism as well. Like some people, Oh, it was just so stylized. But for me, I mean, it, Tom Ford's directing it. It's it's yeah. gonna have that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I thought it was good. I mean, great mm-hmm. acting, um, great directing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see the movie. Yeah, I think I think it's worth <laughs> it. I don't know where it's available. I feel like Maybe every time I look something up, I have to get a new subscription to something. Oh, got it. Like it's like you know, I've already got like Netflix, HBO Max, yeah. Hulu, Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, I Peacock. Feel like, you gotta right, get all. You gotta keep of it. going. It yeah. goes further and further. Before and you further. know it, you got like two hundred dollars a month worth of subscriptions. Whereas before, it was like <laughs> they just gave you stuff for free on TV. Right? But now they're like, oh, people, you know, everyone's still kind of like in the house kind of sort of right you know right. so yeah they're gonna get their money absolutely so let's talk a little bit about your upbringing so you're from upstate new york yes albany well, i was born in rochester but i grew up in albany so the capital give us the highlights of a little bit like how that influences you um because you're not originally from la no i'm not from la um it growing up now that I'm getting older and now that I've had like I feel like I've lived eight million lives, I feel like I miss the simplicity of Albany. Like it's just simple. Like it's clean, it's green, it's like just a very normal existence. Being in LA, especially like I went from Albany, I went to New York City, then I came out here. I call Hollywood I, I call Hollywood Holly weird because now it's like it's just it's like a jungle it literally is like a complete jungle so i miss the simplicity of just like going for a walk or right and not seeing five car accidents within a walk or robbery or like a a a crazy homeless person you know i miss those like little things that here you can't even walk down the street and without seeing something going on you know but then you go back for long enough and you're like i'm fucking bored i am yeah. so bored i need la mm-hmm. i need to go back to yeah. la that's my home yeah that's very true but it's it's balanced like for me i as much as exactly as, as much as i say that and then i'm like oh i want to 
I need to hear some sirens or I need to hear like, you know, some ratchet something or I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you 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 crave that, but then you get bored of it. And I get bored very, very easily. So I don't know if I would survive like living in a simple town. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know your personality type? No. Like Jung? This is something that I've been doing. Like, uh, I forget exactly what it stands for, but I'm like ENFP, which it resonated me with when you said that, like, I get bored very easily. I'm the same way. Like, I need mm-hmm. something new. That's why yeah. I love traveling because it's yeah. like, I if something's too mundane for me or too routine, I'm like, I got to get out. Like, I feel yeah. like a caged animal. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'd be curious to like, to know that maybe, yeah. maybe sometime. Yeah, I want to know. I mean... It's it's literally that's how I came up with the name of dangerous. It's because my friend named me that because every time he talked to me, there was some different. It was never like I'm consistently inconsistent, meaning like I'm working on things and I execute. But then I'm like, OK, I want to do something different or I want to move here or I move someplace. And I'm like, I'm bored with this place. I want to move there. So he was like. <laughs> Yeah. Bro, you're so oh dangerous. Like <laughs> every time I talk to you, you got something popping off, and I that and that name just stuck with me. Literally, yeah. that's how I came up with. That's how the name of dangerous came up was from that exact thing of me being bored easily, never just wanting to be settled. Me always thinking like there's something else out there for me. So that's how that's how it came about. Were you also doing dangerous things? No, I wasn't. Okay, no. so people, maybe people that are more conventional are like, oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. You're always doing something new. Yeah. Yeah. But to you, you're like, what? There's yeah. no other way. Well, this most people to aren't going to sell their iPhone and, and, and hop on an airplane on United Airlines and move to L.A. with $40. <laughs> most people aren't going to do that. Yeah. But I did that. Right. And I slept on my friend's couch with $40 and I ate bagels for two weeks on Gelson's in studio city i will never forget that's all i could afford i didn't want to spend all my 40 bucks that's i didn't want to ask her for food because i was happy for her to even let me sleep on her couch i got a job off of craigslist uh shucking um what was his name little john no his energy drink we were passing out energy drinks crunk energy drinks they discontinued it but (laughs) i got a job with crunk energy drink at USC, passing out the energy drink for 18 bucks an hour, I saved my money and I got an apartment in Koreatown and slept on the floor because I couldn't afford furniture. But I just, I had enough to get into, in, to get the place. And it was, yeah. I didn't furnish it. Yeah. Well, you got to where you needed to be at that time. Yeah. I know. Um, it's a hell of a journey. Did you know you wanted to do fashion when you first got here? Yes. But I wanted, I wanted to kind of like, do the trifecta vibe i was like okay i want to be that 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 artist that's also a brand i've always looked at myself as a brand and i was like i've always loved fashion when i was in theater school and doing theater growing up i always did the costume department i did costumes for our our high school plays at albany high Mm, so i've always had an interest in it and i you know but you don't know how it's gonna happen for you but I always loved acting. So when I came to L.A. and I wasn't booking like that and they were shitting on me, I was like, OK, I got to figure something out. And I went back to my theater roots because in theater, the way we our program worked, you had to learn every aspect of theater. You, you couldn't just be like, oh, I'm an actor. 
You had to do tech. You had to do costumes. You had to do lighting. You had to do stage management. They made you work in every aspect of theater. So that way, if you didn't make it as an actor, you at least had some other skill that you could possibly use in another you know, another arena, you know? Yeah. It's also so, helpful as an actor, no, to know all of that, to give you a better yeah. perspective and also yeah. treat people better too. Yeah. Cause if you come into it, not knowing and respecting these other trades that people have, you're going to bring that energy into like, Oh, That's what I'm true. doing is just like the most important thing. And yes. I don't give a shit. Yes. And as we all know, actors are the very, very, a lot of them, not all of them are very self-serving. They're very self-serving. Yeah, because even with me, with my brand, Oh Dangerous, working with other artists, I, I don't like working directly with artists because they treat you as if you're the, you're the help and you're the handler. And I'm like, no, you know, I have a job to do, but I'm the owner of the company. I am not here to carry your your coat or that's for your stylist, but they treat you as if you're you're the help. They're very self-serving. So that's why. I miss, in a way, I miss theater. The fashion industry can be very self-serving. It can be very isolating. It can, can be very um, depressing. Mm. Yeah, I think it's hard <laughs> to stay grounded. On that note, yeah. this is the motivation, Mike. <laughs> um, no, but th this is to, motiv to motivate people because this is the thing. People think they see, they see the end result. They see the magazine cover. They see the social media, but you don't know what that person had to do or is doing to make to, to to get to that point you know what i'm saying because a lot of times we we set out for something but because people don't they they don't tell us the truth about it i i agree with you 110 you know? like you have to really see what people go through because that's honestly more motivating because yeah. you're like okay so i go through those pitfalls or i if mm -hmm. i'm sleeping on the floor today this doesn't necessarily mean that i'm gonna be sleeping on the floor tomorrow exactly. or the exactly. next day or a month exactly. from now um also i was thinking about this the other day too right like i coach comedians actors and i was reflecting on how you know, some advertising towards those types of classes goes. And I think in a lot of ways, it's like people overcomplicate something and don't serve because it's like I can create like a whole system around what you need to do, for example, to become like a voiceover actor. Mm -hmm. And the reality of actually being a voiceover actor might not directly connect to what they're teaching, but the teacher feels that they need to market a certain way or to keep that person in the side of a certain structure um, to have a marketable class or to feel like I'm the guru of this thing. But the reality sometimes is elusively simple in a way. I mean, I just feel like there's more direct ways to attack things sometimes mm -hmm. than people let on. Yeah. Um, to kind of make it this big pie in the sky type of thing. And don't get me wrong, you know, being a fashion designer, being an actor, voiceover actor, comedian, none of it's easy. None of it's mm -hmm. easy. I would say, you know, if someone tells you that <laughs> they're that one in a million for whatever reason, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, maybe they, they lucked into it or something, mm -hmm. but even if they did to sustain it, it's, it's hard. It, there's going to be bumps on the road. So yeah, this kind of went into a tangent, but you see my point. No, I see your point. And then in, 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 in that journey, you might find out that something is not for you. That's the point of me saying 
people don't always tell the truth. They say, oh, being a fashion designer. But the things that you, if you want success, there's a price. And sometimes you pay in the front and sometimes you pay in the back. And that's just the truth. There's no, we all want, there's, there's a sacrifice in some certain things because a lot of people aren't honest about it. You may, you may say, hey, I'm, I want to keep my morals. I'm a family person. Then a lot of things are not going to be for you in the entertainment and fashion industry. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh oh. Uh oh. So, <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like, that's to me the 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 motivation behind it because a lot of times we have we we have the hustle because we think oh things are going to be this way, and then unfortunately, most of the time, they're not. If you are currently in the Illuminati, would you tell me on this podcast? I would tell you, I'm not in an Illuminati. You know what's crazy? I had this conversation with this person I'm kind of dating uh, yesterday. And I said to him, I thank God I've never done anything like I can say like the D word, like D-A-C-K. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm just being very, very whatever. I, oh, I'll put it this way. I don't got to be Go explicit. I've never done anything to get ahead i've literally my brand is built i mean the 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 slogan for our brand is create your reality living your truth so that's what i've done my whole career you know what i mean have i made mistakes absolutely right but i've never like oh let me go and prostitute myself to get ahead and i'm not knocking those people who have done that and who do that but it's just like no like i i've played by my own rules and maybe that's why I haven't gotten as big as maybe some of my other people that I know that I know that are, you know, they're doing their their vibes. But, you know, no. Right. No, I totally get that. And I think it's just a slippery slope, you know, yeah. and that's how I've always viewed it is like you could do something to level up quickly, um, but you're going to feel in some sense, like you sacrificed a part of your yourself, like who you are and your values to do that. So you have to, you have to be, you know, you're going to bed, you have to sleep with yourself at night. Like I'm going to have to live with these choices I've made. Um, And also, you know, the reputation can be there too, Mm -hmm. Um, which to me is secondary to how you feel inside. But, um, you know, as long as your conscience is clear, then that's that's all it's about. It's no judgment. I'm not God. It's like it's no judgment, but, but as long as your conscience is clear, you right. know. As long as you know you're a psychopath and you have no moral compass and you don't feel guilty. No, that's don't do that. Yeah. Don't do yeah, that. Don't do that. Don't There's do already that. enough of that. Right. There's, There's already of that, enough actually. of that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about. I'm gonna take a segue into music. Okay. Because I was listening to that song with Lil Wayne. Here's the thing, right? Like, for me, it's like I grew up like Lil Wayne was the hottest rapper. Mm-hmm. I love Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, I know nowadays, like, he's not on like the top, you know, rap, yeah. Apple music, but mm-hmm. you know, but he's still on there sometimes, like, because mm-hmm. he still has he still has mm-hmm. weight in the industry. Um, but I know some people like in high school, they know who he is, but they mm-hmm. don't view him as how like, I view like him. a Drake or like exactly because <laughs> he's not like super current like that at the moment. But I think but what recent, it is, is recent, yeah. yeah, he set himself up though, where to me, he's just like 
he's like timeless. It's like he's a classic. Like he's so, his his career is so solid that he he knows that he can pop in and out whenever he wants. Like he's like right. a Jay Z. Like they can pop in and out if they feel like it. But they've 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 built tremendous wealth and such a tremendous big catalog of music that they don't have to be on tour every day. They don't have to release a single every day. They don't have to be on social media posting every day. They're already solid. They're already ingrained in like music history. How did the song come about? Okay, this is a very interesting story. So this girl, Camia, I miss you, Camia, if you're listening. Um, we were working on what TV show? We were working on some show together and we became friends and she was friends with, oh, what's his name? He's a singer and she knew like, she was in the music. She knew a lot of people in the music industry. Like me and her became cool. And I had told her I have, I'm just coming to LA and this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to do. Now, prior to the Neato Hotel EP, I had came out with the album while I was living in upstate New York. No, when I was living in New York City, it was like a rock pop. I was just experimenting. I put it out, whatever. She thought my sound was cool. I was playing her the music. She's like, I'm going to introduce you to people. I'm going to introduce you to people. And she was playing to my music. And it just so happened that this producer did a song with Wayne, with Lloyd. And they wanted, they were looking for an artist to do like, to redo the song. So they sent me the song and I was like, okay, this is a great opportunity. She pretty much set this up for me. So I listened to the song and it was so R&B. And I knew my vocal style and what I wanted in when I was pursuing my music career was not to be an R&B artist. I wanted to be like Lady Gaga. I wanted to be a pop star. That was my goal. I was like, I want to be a pop star. And nice. they were like, no, that's not the vibe, whatever. That's not the look. That's not what Wayne is about. Blah, 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 blah. Um, fast forward, I asked, his, I asked them, the management, everybody. I said, look. Let me redo the song my way. And if you guys like it, cool. And if you don't, then you don't like it. And that, and they, and I came up with that song. And that's, that's a dope that, story. Yeah. And then I got a record deal. Wayne went to, I, I got signed to Sony Music. Wayne went to jail for a gun possession. The labels were going through all these changes because this was a time where music was really, we're talking about like, 10 11 years ago so even in that that's a short time the industry changed like this because the record labels were folding streaming was now becoming the thing because people weren't buying cds anymore so they everybody was scrambling execs were leaving a and r people were changing so during that shift and then here i am just like unknown artist who has a song with a major artist but he's not around to co-sign me and I'm this gay guy. And at that time, they weren't, they were like, no, they were not having it. They were like, no, I, I had a morality clause in my contract. I couldn't go to the gay clubs. I couldn't have a boyfriend. What? <laughs> yeah. They I had to control you like that. Yeah. Huh? They ha I had a morality cl uh, clause in my contract. I swear. And it was very much like, this is the image that we're going to have because don't forget, they wanted me ultimately to be like a, a R&B guy. 
So I showcased at the last Billboard Dance Music Summit they had in Vegas. They had me in Atlanta. Chris Brown had showcased the year before. They, like, at that time, like, they were cranking them out. And I was going to be one of them. And they were willing to get put the budget behind me. But they wanted me to be a certain way. And that was literally probably the most depressing time of my entire life. Because I was so sad. And once again, this goes to what we were saying before. Talking about earlier. People don't know what you have to go through because here it is. You got this opportunity of a lifetime. You have one of the biggest artists in the whole world that is agreed to do a song with you. And you have a record deal. This people, they they fucking will sell a kid for that. But why are you so sad? Because it was so isolating. It was like growing up in theater, doing theater. It's community effort. It's collaborative. It's fun. It's entertaining. So I thought that that's what the industry was going to be like. I was like, oh, it's going to be like theater, the support I'm working with produce. And it was not like that. And it was cutthroat like, as fuck. Yeah, it was cutthroat. It was controlling. It was like, you can't be you. You're going to be like this. And then you're thinking of the money because you're like, okay, well, let me see. <laughs> that's where that expression, yeah, so yeah, your yeah. soul comes from. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I just had to figure out what Odane was I going to be? How was I going to figure that out, you know? Yeah, the timing is so interesting, right? Because it's like your timing on the front end was so good. Like you happened to be at the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. Mm-hmm. And then the timing for the latter part was like, oh, Wayne's in jail. Yep. He can't co-sign you right now. Mm-hmm. And that, But it's so interesting because that's like life, right? Like sometimes yeah. your timing is going to be solid. Things are going to be mm-hmm. going great in your favor and then other times they might not be so that's such an interesting journey yeah so he did his he did his prison sentence the record label and my management at the time were going back and forth because my management at the time they were just worried about them getting their money they were just like just be quiet just be quiet just be quiet i'm like no i need to work i need to be creative and so because i said they said you we're not doing a music video because Wayne's not going to be in the video. Mm. We don't want to put the single out because Wayne's not going to be able to 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 do press and to do this and to do that. So I said, so what do I do? So I just kept recording and I did my own video, not for that song, but for a different song. And I just kept it pushing. And then they dropped me. They mm. dropped me. They said, because the video I did, it was very kind of like, um, uh, what's the word? It was very um, suggestive. On the on the gay vibe, this was before the Saucy Santanas, the Little Nas X's, and I actually was talking with Elton, who I work with, about that. Like how I see artists that are open, I really wish back then that I had that support because who knows what I would have been because I had the resources there. You know, it was just like they were not they weren't having the gay stuff. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> they were that's not a tricky one 10 years ago they were not they were not they were not having it to the point where you can't go to the gay club but the song is gay yes but this was a time where you gotta you gotta remember right now it's all corporate like you look at you look at someone like little Nas S. yes he has great music but now he has all these major corporations backing him pushing mm-hmm. out the product pushing out the brand, inclusion, diversity. 
they weren't on that back then. Right, right. So they're the, like, they're yeah. like, you can be gay and yes. make a song about it. Yes. But all the surrounding factors. Yes, because right. was AT&T, was Coach, was all these big brands, was Nike going to come and rally behind me and push the song and give me a deal and give me a, a, a endorsements? I don't know. But back then, they felt like that wasn't going to happen for me. So they said, sit in that corner, be quiet. We gave you an advance. Live off that and just be quiet. And I don't know how to be quiet. Obviously, I keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the podcast. Hence the podcast. You're a great guest. So, um, well, let's say this too, right? Like you got way further in the music industry than 99% of people. I mean, that's an amazing mm-hmm. story, bro. Like amazing story. And I'm impressed by it regardless and I yeah. think that this is how I like to think, too, because it, it helps me get through the day mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, you know, those experiences that were hard, that felt like they didn't work out exactly like we wanted. It's like it shaped you up for something else. Yeah. Like a real blessing. Yeah. So this is the part where we get religious. No, we're not going to get we're not going to say okay. religious. I was yeah, like, yeah. Okay. You're like, all right. I, I, can, I think I'm going to embrace <laughs> it. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you grow up religious? No. Well, I technically yes i grew up religious because i grew up in a baptist christian church household am i religious no i'm i'm a firm believer in energy and i'm spiritual and i'm heavy on the energy energy has saved my life energy has taught me a lot about making right business decisions i go off of people's energy so how did you get the energy to go and pitch the tiger king well, I saw the show like everybody else, and I had already, what people don't know, I already came out with the concept of revenge because of my ex-boyfriend, the stuff that he did to me, and I had already, I already mood-boarded it. it I, way before the Tiger King came out, before I, I knew who the Tiger King was, I knew I was coming out with this collection titled Revenge, and, it, and when I say revenge, don't take it like that. To me, success is the best revenge, and that's part of the line. We have we have sweats and shirts and stuff like that printed on it. But revenge was like the concept of revenge because when somebody, when you feel wronged in any situation, your first thing is to be reactive. I believe, you know, we don't yeah. always intellectualize our our pain; we react off of it. So for me, it was a it was an exploration on what revenge means to the person individually. So I came up with this concept for revenge. I already had the collection already pretty much already designed. See the Tiger King show. I said, oh my gosh, this guy is, I think this guy is nuts. I think like he would be perfect. And I wrote him in jail. I pitched him. So you wrote him a handwritten letter? Mm-hmm. You have good handwriting. No, I typed it. Oh, okay. That's what I would have done. Yeah, I typed it. But I have decent handwriting. But I But I write very big. I typed it. I sent it out. He responded a few days later. Dang, Next, three that's days, crazy that he responded yep, like a few days later. And three days later, I was flown to Fort Worth, Texas, where he was incarcerated at that time. I met with all his management, and they were already filming Tiger King 2. They had already greenlit the sequel because, the, the you know, obviously it's Netflix, so they, they look at the streams. It, they saw that it was doing so well. I mean, it was the biggest thing out of all of 2020. To this day, it was the biggest. It was the biggest thing in 20 of 2020 was Tiger King. Everybody was talking about it. It was like the biggest thing. I just was fortunate enough to jump on it and attach myself to the train. 
<laughs> so for those future fashion designers or just, you know, entrepreneurs in general, what do you think about your pitch set you apart? Because I'm sure you're not the only person to pitch. No, him, right? I wasn't. Was something about what you said that got his attention and got his people's attention. Honestly, because I didn't make it about I didn't make it about this corporate structure because oh, dangerous is me. I am the brand. I It's me. Like, I tell the truth. All my collections, I don't, like, I'm not literal with, like, oh, I created this collection because my my ex did all this stuff to me. No, it's like, but I take from my own personal life, and I put in the clothes, and I put the concepts and all of the, the brand messaging into what's really going on with me. It's my way. It's like, it's me taking from theater and music and even acting and this is just my way of self-expression because I'm not on a set. I'm not in a vocal booth. I'm not on a stage. My stages, I'm able to wear the clothes and I get to see people wear them. And they like the clothes because they're great clothes. And in my head, I'm like, I wonder do they know how I came up with that? That's like my little like secret. You know what I mean? So it's fun. But um, I think that I just was honest. I told them, I said, hey, these are the past people I've worked with as far as celebrities and things of that nature. But this is what I can do, and this is the concept of the collection. And I think that he probably was like, oh, this dude is, like, authentic. So Now he hates me, but. Now he hates you? What happened? Oh, we had a falling out. That's <laughs> going to be the inspiration yeah. for the next line. <laughs> yeah, we had a, he can't stand me. He wrote what, all this stuff about me out? on social media. He called me a clown. He called me. <laughs> Not I can laugh about It's good to be a clown. I can, I can laugh about it now. It did hurt my feelings. A few months ago, so. He at the time he had an engagement, and he didn't like the fact that I was be, I was gonna do this suit. Even though like behind the scenes there was all these conversations between me and his team, and them wanting them wanting to a continue the collaboration and do other things. But then, I guess his ex was upset about something that got put out in the media, and then it just the vibe between him and I completely soured. Okay, so. Yeah. But I'm thankful to I will always be grateful for the opportunity that he gave me because he did give me an opportunity. It's unfortunate that it was a misunderstanding, but it is what it is. But sometimes you see people's truth and, and you 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 come to realize that certain things, they just have an expiration date. So if the Tiger King is listening to our podcast, what would you like him to know or what would you like to communicate? Don't be a racist. OK. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, can you elaborate <laughs> for us a little bit? Did he did something happen well, where he was racist towards you? Yeah, he was extremely racist. He was very extremely racist. He's a very self-serving person who uses people and surrounds himself with people that can benefit him at that time. And then when he's done, he will do whatever and say whatever to to make it seem like it's to victimize himself. He's That's, the ultimate, he's an ultimate narcissist. He's an ultimate narcissist. And I didn't have as, I didn't have as much d direct contact with him because he had handlers and I worked more so around with the handlers because that's just what you do. But it's like when I get screenshots of text messages talking about me, calling me the N word, and then your new legal team is co-signing it because I'm calling you out on something because you're upset with me, but you want to call me a clown and leak things to the press to try to defame my name and my brand and my hard work. Why would you do that? That's Why bullshit. would you do that? So, so 
to answer your question, don't be a racist. Educate yourself. Do better. If you don't like black people, then don't work with them. All right. And there it is. (laughs) And there it is. Yeah. You know, it's really that simple. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no. But at that time, I was benefiting you. Right. When it was convenient. Yeah. When it was convenient. Is the line still out? Could I still purchase products? No. Okay. No. Unless I did see that someone knocked me off like they they're selling they were selling fake oh dangerous merchandise with the from the collab because the collaboration did very very well um but no it's not even he's not even on our social media we scrubbed everything after that i said no done with all that yeah and, and it's a way that you i'm a believer in karma it's a way that you do the way that you treat people you know what i mean because i i always thanked him in every interview that i did but you got to understand this man was in jail and i have my own company i don't work for you i don't work for tiger king i don't work for joe exotic i came on the collaboration as a dangerous that's why on all the products it says a dangerous on it and he didn't like that but i don't work for you and then you want to go and make it seem like oh i'm a clout chaser i'm like everybody else from the tiger king i'm just trying to be famous no dude you're in jail we have a product to promote you're not able to promote it so who has to go out and promote it me well it's like the whole show is person after person basically saying what you said in other words or under different circumstances yeah it's like everyone is just like he did this to me or he did that yeah. to me to get himself ahead i literally feel like i'm still watching that documentary yeah. while we're talking like you would be in the edit yeah that's li- i lived it i had slew maybe you even got it he went on my social media and was emailing all this stuff out to people posting on his social media about me this is what this man a grown man who's sitting in jail allegedly dying of cancer and you got the time to attack a brand and a person who literally only had the best intentions for you. I've saw other things that other people were doing and I shut my mouth because I said, at the end of the day, I have, I'm, this is a gig. I don't know him personally. We don't hang out. This is not my best friend. This is like a coworker. It's a gig and I'm going to move on to the next gig, you know, but he took a lot of he went extremely low and he took a lot of things personal and i honestly only had the best intentions for him yeah i mean it's like a part of you probably knew at the beginning yeah the, you're, the, you're writing him into in the prison mm-hmm. yeah you're writing him in prison you know it's, it's not like he's not known to be a totally above the board person yeah. um but yeah, so I mean, but I mean, I, I get that you, I like how you see the opportunity and you mm-hmm. you swoop in and you're very savvy about the way you pursue things mm-hmm. and you're really good with knowing your timing mm-hmm. and when to get in there. I mean, it sucks, bro. Like, I'm sorry that shit didn't work out for you, but it's all for the better. I feel like, cause it's like the, the true colors are going to come out eventually. Exactly. So it would have, you know, it could have been cool for a while or subdued, but I think that would have come out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So let's talk about the new collection. The new collection. Tell me about this. Bad decisions. We've all made them. I've made them and I made one that almost cost me my life. Oh my God. Um, I was married. I'm still legally married. I'm still not technically divorced. And I was married 
uh, a, a Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, the dude, very smart guy, um, very attractive guy, very cool guy at the beginning. But unfortunately, our marriage just went south. And in the midst of me attempting to divorce him, I was going to reconcile potentially because I didn't want to be divorced. I never wanted to be those one of those people that were like, I got married and I'm divorced. And I feel like part of our marriage was strained because I was away a lot and he he felt like he was alone and you know that's how the cheating kind of began. But either way there was infidelity even though I was like trying to just get it out of him as far as like just tell me the truth. I knew it was happening. Uh, so it was just on his very, side. Yeah, just on his side. I knew it was happening for a very long time, but I just didn't want to. I accepted it. It's not like, oh, I didn't want to see it. No, I saw it. It was just like I I wanted to save my marriage. So in the midst of me, because we didn't talk for months. So I filed for a divorce last year. We didn't talk for months. He was having his full-fledged relationship, blocking me on everything. So my attorneys are trying to get a hold of him because we're trying to get this divorce finalized. I just wanted to move on. That never happened. Finally, they get a hold of me to have another court date. So I messaged him on something, Telegram or whatever. He didn't block me on that. So he responded. So that's how we started talking. He was like, you know, I didn't give it a fair shot. Blah, 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 blah. We agreed to meet. We talked. We were going to go to Mexico City because I was going to be working there and I thought it would be a good opportunity for him. And plus, we would have been we would have been in a place where we could start fresh, you know, and I, that lasted six, five days on the sixth day. He just snapped and I, I, I was in the apartment. He shut the door. He turned all the lights off. I was in the room and I was which was odd because that's not like him, his behavior. Even when we would have our disagreements, he would never isolate himself. He's never done that. And he turned all the lights off. I'm calling his name. His name's Alex. I went to the door to open the door of the room. I'm in the room. He's out in the living room area. And I'm like, Alex, Alex, Alex. I open the door. He's there, already there with a knife. He stabbed me 10 times. So I was yelling help. I lost so much blood. I, I, I was unconscious. And I'm here. And I know that this is the second coming of something because God saved me. But I had accepted in that room that I was going to be dead. I accepted it. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Hopefully like one of these days I will like see, see uh, a spiritual advisor. Cause I want to know like, why was I content with the fact that I was going to die? I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, Oh, I'm at peace with myself. I don't know. I wasn't scared. Mm. I was not, I had no fear. I was just like, I was hurt by him. I didn't try to attack him back. That's why I have all these like defensive wounds also. Um, I just was calling his name. I was like, Alex, what are you doing? Alex, what are you doing? As he's stabbing me, it's like, what do you think he's doing? But that's 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 was how my mind was. So I accepted I was gonna die. The 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 crime scene was like like a freaking horror film. It was so much blood and it all came from me. And I remember looking down and when blood comes out of you, it's not like the movies. It sounds like a water faucet. It was like, Psh. so when the blood, I was like, oh, and I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I accepted it. I was yelling help. 
I went unconscious. The concierge of the building called 911. I woke up in the hospital. I mean, I woke up in the ambulance naked. I opened my eyes and I remember the police officer had my hand, my uh, left hand. And I said, he tried to kill me. And I remember I went back unconscious. Next thing I knew, I'm in the hospital. Tubes in my lungs because the heat punctured. He punctured my lungs. They filled with blood. Just I remember looking at my chest and I was like, oh, my God, where am I? It was it was it was very that part was scary because you're in another country. You're alone. But right. the irony this of it is Mexico. This is in Mexico City. The irony of it is that week before we went, I said, don't do anything stupid in Mexico City. Like, don't do anything crazy because I'm not going to be close to the border. And I wasn't meaning at that time. I wasn't thinking murder. I just didn't want him to go out and cheat and do stupid things like that and then leave me in Mexico City by myself, you know? That's what I was talking about. And then, look, that was just foreshadowing. Was it something in the conversation y'all had? Like, what caused him to go off the deep end? Um, I think that he's a... Well, first off, and this is not me, like, talking shit about him. It's just me being truthful, you know? Talk first shit. off, I forgive him. No, I forgive him. Because if I don't, I'm going to hold on to anger. And everyone's like, literally, this happened only two and a half months ago. The stabbing happened. I was in the hospital for a week in Mexico City. Then I had to come here to Cedars and the United States. So this is all still extremely fresh. And people say, how are you? How are you? It's because if I I learn, I did an online therapy thing. I have to therapy. Yeah, you can do online therapy. You don't have to go sit physically in front of the person. You could do a Zoom. You could do it on your phone. Yeah, I've done it before. Yeah. I I said it to you like I hadn't done it before. Oh, (laughs) but yeah, I feel like there's something about the in-person touch for it. Yeah. I wanted to be alone. It's better. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. After I did my hospital stuff here in, in L.A., I actually isolated myself for a whole week in Palm Springs. I got a hotel room. I swear to God, I did this. I had a, I got a hotel room, and I stayed in there for a whole week in Palm Springs, and I just ate, and I healed myself. I did my therapy. I didn't want to be around anybody because I didn't want the noise. I wanted to heal myself. That's good. You shouldn't just yeah. come back and do CrossFit. Like I'm glad yeah. you took care of yourself. Yeah, I literally went. And I just did my online therapy sessions. I didn't want to hear people's opinion about what happened or, oh, I didn't want to hear it. I was like, let me get myself through this because I have to be, but I'm, I have to save myself. It's great to have friends and all this stuff. And yeah, I'm thankful for them, but I have to save myself. So, um, yeah, I did online therapy. I had to learn to forgive him because if I don't, I'm going to hold that for the rest of my life. I'm going to just be angry. I'm going to not trust i'm gonna be like uh traumatized i'm not traumatized it happened yeah i mean that's really powerful and i mean i think it's vulnerable of you to share that and uh you know that's that's a story that people can i don't know i'm trying to think of how people can take something away from that i feel like uh, because when self is you know yeah. i was just gonna say like self-defense you know self-defense classes can be good you know but dealing this with is crazy the thing. people yeah but you never the thing right that's so fascinating about this story is that honestly like people think like it was this big production no we were home we didn't have an argument we had just a regular day we went out to dinner and we had a regular day it's like you never know that's you what never makes know. it so much creepier, right? Yeah, it's that's like what makes it more it. creepier because everybody thinks it's like, oh, y'all must have been arguing or fighting and someone snapped. 
no literally i was in the room he turned all the lights off i'm calling him we used to live we lived together for a year and a half he's never done this before he's never done anything like creepy like that you know like it was just so left and then when i was watching the jeffrey Dahmer documentary and my ex and and him and Dahmer, their birthdays are one day apart and Dahmer was very unassuming my ex is very attractive very attractive very charming like you would never think that he would do that never in a million years well now you have the inspiration for the bad decisions collection yeah i'm glad it was under better I would be glad if it was under better circumstances, but you know, yes. it happened and now you're making the most of it as yes. you can. Yes. So what type of items can people expect from this collection? Well, the collection is all black. Um, we're doing graphic tees and then we have some custom jackets. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I had to release it. I said, okay, I'm going to do another, I'm not another collection and I have to release this like, you know, yeah, so you have my address. As you see, my personal collection is looking a little um, flimsy. No, but it works. It works. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> I pull the most Indian well, thing out of my wardrobe. Yeah. Do you wear that, though? I have You wear yet. it out? Okay. I haven't yet. No, I think you should. I plan on it. Okay, good. It's new. Okay, It was cool. a gift. Oh, Which cool. I love gifts, by the way. I love when people send me... Clothes. Yeah, we're gonna get you some of the bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, that's so nice of you to offer. Honestly, yeah. you didn't have to do that, but yeah. since you're bringing it up, thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, and plus, it's a play on. This is the thing, right? I said earlier, you have to, you have to laugh at yourself. Like you have to make the best. Like you're gonna cry, or can we laugh? I'd rather laugh. It's like I made a bad decision, but it's a play on it. Like we we've all made a bad choice. Maybe not as extreme as what happened or whatever to me. Right. But right. it's like, you know, it's a it's a it's like a play on it. It's like bad decisions, like, you know. Yeah, because we've I all remember made on it. We've all made one of them. When I was living in ATL and I came out to visit you, I remember there being drama between y'all. Yeah. Um, so I remember it already being kind of a bad decision. Yeah, because we were going through a divorce, but he wouldn't divorce me. He was That's trying to the, trap you. Yeah, but in my mind, I want to do a documentary about him because he's so fascinating. I want to ask him, why did you try to kill me? My thing is like, you're going to spend the rest of your life in, in prison. The hospital was shitty. I can only imagine the prison. It's like, why didn't you just divorce me, be free, live your life however you wanted to live right. it, and just move on? That was that was a bad decision. You get what I'm very, saying? So there's so many different decision. variables to this the concept of the collection and because it was like, huh? Like I was already divorcing him. So I would have just been signed the papers and been like, Okay, bye, I'm gonna just go live my life but he just kept stringing it along, blocking me, not answering my lawyers, like just a lot of game playing because he's a narcissist so it has to benefit him he has to be in control he has to be the one divorcing me i can't divorce him right you know right that would be a fascinating documentary to watch yeah because he's so i want people to see him and be like they're gonna fall over like oh he's hot but he's crazy <laughs> <laughs> he's crazy he's nuts the better looking someone is the crazier yeah, they usually are for real it's so true nutty very very nutty it's so true 
Yeah. You would never you would never think it. So for the release party, is this open to the public or yes, is this more it's of a open private for the thing? public? No, it's it's not private. So it's open to the public. It's gonna be October thirtieth, thirty first. West Hollywood is gonna be a party, open bar. If anybody knows me, they know I do an open bar. Um we're gonna be selling the clothes and just having a whole Halloween theme. Halloween, of course, is scary. It's spooky. This this dude tried to murder me. Bad decisions. Plus, people make bad a lot of bad decisions on Halloween. So I was like, hey, let's release it on Halloween and make it a party. And it is what it is. And release it and just make put that negative energy into something positive. And you just educate people. It's not only about domestic violence vibes. It's just like, just be careful, man. It's like... But I was careful. So it was like all those things mess with my head, too, because it's like people are like, you got to be careful. But I said, actually, I was extremely careful. Like, and I was married to him. It was just like, let's get a divorce. Let's have a conversation. And it's like, how more careful can you be? I don't know. Right. It's just <laughs> like sometimes you don't know or it's hard. Yeah, to I didn't go to a something. stranger's house and drink and have a drink, like have them pass right, me a drink. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I didn't do like I was married to him. We used to live together. So yeah, how it, careful can you be? And when I was in Mexico, you were in Mexico, Mexico City, because I remember you messaged me like, where are you at? Yeah. And that's when I was in um, Playa del Carmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in Mexico City then. Yeah, that's when we were in Mexico City. I was there with him. Yeah, that's I know. Wild. That's yeah. wild. And earlier in the day, having a great dinner. No yeah. issues. No issues. Because the thing is, is that what was done was already done. I already, you know, the worst had already came. So it's like, what else, you know? Well, stay safe out here in these streets. I remember the close call we had. And I mean, it wasn't even a bad, maybe it was a good decision on our part. Like we had our timing right. So that car didn't come and smash into us. But I don't even think that statement does it justice. How would you, how would you tell this story? This was, I mean, this was crazy. And to this day, I still think about it. We were literally just driving down the street on, what was it? Fountain? Right. Yeah. It it wasn't Franklin. It was Fountain right by La Brea. And this car literally just ran the light and just smashed right into a parked car. But it wasn't like a slow, like, oh, my brakes went out. It was like some, like, almost deliberate or yeah. the person was on drugs or something. Because he was driving extremely fat, fast. It was a dude. Because I, I saw the driver. And he was driving extremely fast. And he literally just smashed right into a car. And it just missed us like that. Right. It happened right in front of yes. our eyes. It happened literally right in front of our eyes. Had we done one thing differently, yeah. it would have yeah. been us. Yeah. And I was driving Michelle's car. I yeah. remember that too. Because I'm extra cautious when I'm in somebody else's Watch car. Because that comes back to yeah. what you said, right? It's like you, you try to do everything you can to make sure you're good in life, right? Yeah. But like that's like, a, oh, I'm driving Michelle's car. I got to be more careful with this car. Yeah. And then something like that is like totally out yeah. of our control. Yeah. It's not like you can predict that. Yeah. Especially the way this dude darted. I mean, he must have been going what? Like 45 miles yeah, per hour? Yeah, he was going really fast. Like really fast. Yeah. And the way that the street was, was it was like, you had to either make a right or you had to make a left. You couldn't go straight. So it was like, why are you just running right smack into a parked car? 
He went right into it. Yeah, that's like a death wish right there. So yeah. something, something, something was, serious something was, was going wrong. on. Something was going on. I just thank God that there was nobody in that parked car because they would have been smashed, like, for sure. Yeah. They would have been definitely extremely injured, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you got to be careful in L.A. Like, L.A. drivers is like a next next level. People will fight you, and that's that's being nice. Yeah. People will come out their cars with pistols. People will do insane things out here. And uh, I know that's not a commercial for L.A. I mean, L.A. has so many great things to offer. Yeah. Um, but you got to be careful yeah, out here. And it's not, driving. it's not for the weak-hearted, you mm-hmm. know. And if you are weak-hearted, think about how you can strengthen that up. Because yeah. um, you're going to need that. You're going to need that. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's fascinating what you do because it's like, it's kind of like acting, right? It's like, you've got to have thick skin for the business side Mm -hmm. and an open heart for the artistic side. Mm -hmm. So like that part of you that has done that inner work and online therapy, um, it's like you've gotten to a place where you can explore that and heal and make the most of it and uh be vulnerable publicly right just like Mm -hmm. actors are but at the same time in the business end you can't play games yeah yeah i mean definitely it's it's balanced because that's why also i i trained myself to get back quick because when i when the situation happened and I was in the hospital in Mexico City, and I was like, I, I thought this was it. I was like, maybe this is God just being like, you know, this is it. When I got back to L.A., when I got back to L.A., I was like, okay, I need to get myself together. But I knew I wasn't going to be able to get it together in L.A. because I knew everyone was going to be like, hey. Da, da, da. So I said, I'm going to Palm Springs. And then even during the therapy sessions, I was like, okay, let's just intensify it. Let's go every day. So we can get back because I, I am a vulnerable person. I don't want to live my life feeling caged or feeling like PTSD or anything like that. I mean, I do get jumpy every now and then. But, like, it's about finding balance because you you have to be vulnerable in order to be true to your work. But then, of course, the business aspect of it, you have to be a shark because what I've learned through this experience is, yeah, people message me. People that I was working with, doing deals with. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. At the end of the day, it's a business, and if where you where you where you're gone, there's gonna be somebody else to take your spot. And that's that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned. They feel bad for me, but there there's a job that has to be done, and if you can't do it, or you know, I'm I'm gonna move on. Right, so they you don't have to give take you care time. of yourself too. You have to yeah. take care of what you're doing and yeah. look out. You know, of course, you want to be collaborative and support others, yeah. but it's like, yeah, you've got to you got to keep an eye for yourself too. Yeah. You really do, um, because you're you. Yeah. So, if our friendship had a clothing line, what would it be? It would be called, um, humor, good humor, almost like the chocolate bar. Or the candy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what? What colors? What? I designs? would. I'm, 
what we could do, right? I did this when I did the underwear with um, Casket Baskin. I actually took the concept from Baskin Basket Robbins, the ice cream. <laughs> so we can kind of we gotta we gotta change it up a bit so they don't sue us for copyright trademark infringement. Um, it would be that logo, but we would just change it up like the Good Humor Bar, I, because I'm you're always it. in a, you're always in a good you always have good spirits, you have good energy, and you even if you're going through something. You always have this positive outlook, and I'm the same way. I like to laugh. I like to enjoy myself. I like to smile because I feel like if you put that out there, hopefully you get it back. If you don't, just give it to yourself, and it's fine. You know, give yourself a hug. You know what I mean? Be your best supporter for you. Like, I'm my biggest fan, so I treat myself really well so I can treat others really well, you know, because I believe that you show people how to treat you so right. you know yeah that resonates with me it's kind of like yeah i feel you on that as far as it's like we go through pain and these experiences and i mean for me i just try my best to try to transmute it into something mm-hmm. yeah it's like i've been through a lot of pain in my life and i don't want to just sit in it and yeah. ruminate because what's good what good is that gonna yeah. do it's not gonna do me any good yeah i mean if i can put that into my art and what i do i feel a lot better about it at yeah. least it, it did something you know if i'm healing through that that's cool if someone else can take something away from it even better mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i agree a thousand percent yeah all right well appreciate you coming through today yeah thanks for having me I'm- yeah <laughs> late afternoon on a thursday i know <laughs> <laughs>